Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you guys are out there having a great week. I am excited to be back talking about uh, this series around mental health. Um, if you have not had a chance yet to check out the last two shows, make sure you go back, visit TracyAlston.com or download or subscribe to the Mental Fitness Matters podcast. So you can just catch up on where we are right now. Um, I am focusing around a series really about understanding more about our health, not only just our health, but our brain health and our mental and emotional health and talking about tools and solutions that we can put in place to optimize our overall functioning. That's so big because we have to become more aware that everything has an impact on how we're feeling. External, internal, there's so many influences in terms of how our overall mental health is made up. And so we want to start to have conversations around different aspects of that, but also some things that we can do um, right now to improve our overall mental health and well-being. So on today's show, last week, we actually, we talked about more of uh, neurofeedback in mental health. And the week before that, we talked more about understanding mental health from a brain perspective. And today we're going to focus on the impacts of sleep. Sleep is big. We're going to talk about the impacts of sleep and how to sleep for peak mental health and peak performance. Uh, the great thing is, guys, about sleep, it's something that's free something that you can adjust and modify, and something that's within your control. And once you learn more about what your sleep patterns are, how to modify and adjust your sleep, this is something that you can actually ultimately use as a performance enhancement tool. It's that key to everything that we do. So let's get into today's show. A few interesting facts when we think about sleep is that we really are a sleep-deprived country. We're a sleep-deprived country. Research shows that depending on our age, we're supposed to get between 7 to 10 hours of sleep each night. And for elite athletes and elite performers, they should really be getting upwards of 10 and a half to 12 hours of sleep each night. But according to the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a third of us get fewer than 7 hours of sleep per night. A third of us get fewer than 7 hours per of sleep per night. And let's just be clear, sleep is not just about laying in bed. It's also about quality. Quantity is important, but quality is just as key. So if you're someone right now, maybe you're suffering from insomnia, sleep apnea, chronic pain, any type of anxiety or stress around sleep or anxiety or stress in general, um, if you're having disruptive sleep, that can look like restless leg syndrome. That can look like having a pet that likes to jump up and off the bed every night or sleeping with you. That can be a disruption. You may have somebody in your bedroom who's a snorer and you may be a light sleeper. These are all things that can disrupt your sleep, which means that the quality that you're getting is probably not that great. It's probably not that great. So you're probably still waking up feeling a little exhausted, a little mentally slow and tired because you're not fully refreshed and recovered like we need to be. So I think it's safe to say we can all understand and we've probably all had those nights, especially if you're not somebody who sleeps well, um, 
we've all had those nights where we've woken up and we felt a little bit more fatigued or tired or just kind of that brain fog. And so you can recognize that your sleep has a big impact on your mental performance and your emotional well-being. When you're not rested or recovered, it affects your mood, your thought process, your ability to handle and regulate your emotions, your decision making, your attention and focus and overall performance. And so when we think about sleep being very closely related to mental and emotional health, if we're not rested, we're not functioning at our peak. And everybody listening right now can benefit from optimizing their sleep. No matter what your sleep looks like, it can enhance and improve. It can get a little bit better. It can get a little bit more restorative and a little deeper. So we want to make sure that what sleep looks like for one person is it's going to vary from person to person. Your sleep need may be different from somebody else's, and it's going to change as you change. And so the very first thing we want to talk about really is being aware you know, as you're starting to create some habits and healthier habits around sleep, the very first thing we've got to do is, is have some self-awareness about what that looks and feels like for you. And that can change for everybody. There's been a lot of research around this topic, and we're seeing that, uh, yes, mental health disorders tend to make it difficult for people to sleep well. And at the same time, poor sleep, including insomnia, can be a contributing factor to the beginning and worsening of mental health problems. And so we're seeing more and more trends related to mental health, mental health disorders, and really bringing on things related to mental health due to poor sleep quality. And so when we think about the impact, I want to start today with, as we kind of talked a little bit about in the first segment here, the brain and sleep. The brain and sleep. When we think about our brain, I mentioned this on the very first show. It has an impact on everything and it's responsible for everything. And our brain activity fluctuates during sleep, increasing and decreasing during different sleep stages and cycles. And so that make up the speed cycle of your sleep. And so a brain map, what we talked about on that first show, is a tool that we can use to literally see and understand what your brain is doing during the time where it's supposed to be resting, recovering, and sleeping. We can actually get a picture. So that's why that may be a great tool for some, being able to see and understand what is the quality of sleep that I'm getting and how can I begin to optimize that. So first, being aware, knowing what's going on is key. And when we think about sleep stages, each stage plays a tremendous role in our brain health. Each stage of sleep plays a tremendous role in our brain health, allowing your brain activity to either speed up or down in different areas, which all helps how well you think and process information. It also helps you learn a lot easier, and it also helps you remember more. And so if your brain is not entering the stages that it needs to, doing what it needs to do, that can present problems. And so sleep is when the brain gets a chance to rest, recover, and reboot and help prepare you for the next day. I like to use the analogy um, of charging our phone batteries at night, kind of like charging our brain and our body for the next day. And so if you've placed that phone on that charger and let it charge all night long. You're expecting to wake up to a completely full charge on your phone so that you can use it and it'll be ready to go. But if you place that phone and lay it down on a charger that's not working so well, that maybe has a short in it, 
that hasn't really fully charged all night long, you're going to wake up and that battery on that phone. It's not going to be what you need it to be for the rest of your day. So if you have a long day and you only have 20 percent and you've charged your phone seven, to eight hours at night, your phone's not going to last that long. I think about our brain and our body resetting in the same way. If we're laying down just because you're laying in that bed seven to 10 hours at night and if you're waking up and you're still feeling like you've been hit by a truck or you're really exhausted, then just because you're laying down to sleep that long doesn't mean the quality of sleep that you're getting is where it needs to be. So when we think about recharging and resetting, just like for your phone, it's important. It's important. If you're trying to operate off of a, a battery that's not there, you feel it, you know it, and it makes an impact. So start to think about your brain in the same way. Um, and thinking about more efficient and sufficient sleep, the quality of your sleep, not just how long you're laying there. OK, so I'm going to talk later on about some tools and some strategies that you can begin to do to really create a consistent pattern around that. One more fact here, um, getting sufficient sleep, especially REM sleep, facilitates the brain's processing of emotional information. Research shows that a lack of sleep is especially harmful to the consolidation of positive emotional information. This can influence mood and emotional reactivity and is tied to mental health disorders, including the risk of suicide, suicidal ideation and suicidal behaviors. That's big. So when we think about that sleep impact, I, I was reading a study that was showing how um, spec brain imaging of someone with chronic sleep problems looks very similar to someone who's had multiple concussions and who has chronic alcohol abuse. So somebody who's getting a not good quality sleep, their brain imaging looks like somebody who's had multiple concussions or somebody with severe chronic alcohol use. And when we think about that and we see that on an imaging spectrum, the areas of the brain that are most affected by this, especially affected by chronic sleep problems, are the frontal lobe, very front parts of the brain, which is really responsible for executive functioning, reaction time, planning, uh, being able to lock in and pay attention, impulse control and rational thinking. That's an area that's really affected when you're sleeping. It's not quality. And so you're not able to make good decisions. You're making impulsive choices. So when you think about waking up from a non-restorative sleep in poor quality, it can make it difficult for you to process information. It can make it difficult for you to learn and to remember different things and multitask and get through your day. So when I saw in terms of our sleep and the imaging, that frontal lobe really being affected by a chronic sleep, that's a big deal. Our temporal lobes and our parietal lobes are also really big for learning and retaining information. Those were also on the imaging spectrum. And so when you think about that for yourself, whether you're a student, a business professional, a busy parent out there, um, entrepreneur, having good hygiene when it comes to your sleep has a tremendous impact on your performance. So we want to start to take this conversation a little bit more seriously and put some tools in place to ensure that you are sleeping uh, to your best potential. So when you think about your quality of life, it can be more healthy and optimal. So let's go ahead and talk about improving our sleep. Sleep hygiene is everything, okay? So very first thing, your sleep hygiene is everything. The very first thing I want you to begin to do is create a consistent schedule around sleep time going to bed, but also around waking up. 
This information is big, community, because a lot of times we as busy professionals, students, athletes, people, we're constantly sacrificing our sleep for everything else. We're saying, you know, I can run off for three hours of sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I don't have time to sleep. I'm too busy. So we're constantly putting sleep on that back burner and thinking about ways that we can make it up over the weekend. So if that is your thinking or if that has been your thinking, I want you to give yourself 30 days to practice a new way of thinking and a new approach to engaging into your sleep practice, because truly optimal sleep is life or death. And research shows that by us continuing to sacrifice our sleep, that's linked to high blood pressure, a weakened immune system, weight gain, mood swings, paranoia, depression, diabetes, strokes, heart attacks, dementia, and some cancers. So we have to stop sacrificing our sleep and starting to put more time where it needs to be so that we can feel recovered and refreshed um, throughout our day. So we cannot afford to, to make this not a priority. So when we think about creating that schedule, that bedtime, so let's say if you're somebody who's, we're busy, right? Some people may not be getting home until seven, eight, nine o'clock at night because you're running all over the place. Your kids have sports, whatever's going on. Just try to be consistent. If your bedtime is 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock in the morning, just try to be consistent in terms of when you're laying yourself down. But one of the most important things is going to be is continue to keep a fixed wait time, if you wake time. So meaning if you wake up at 545 in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, don't just think because it's, it's the weekend, I can kind of sleep in to nine, 10 o'clock. No, what you want to begin to do is keep that time of waking consistent. You want to know, again, your brain is a muscle. It's something that can be trained. You want to start to create some training and some healthy habits around what your brain is supposed to do. So at nighttime, if you're going to bed 10, 11 o'clock and you're waking up in the morning, 545, 6 o'clock, you're training your brain on how to slow itself down, but also how to begin to slowly power itself up. Okay. So creating that time, timing's everything when it comes to sleep. It's a big deal. So creating that schedule, creating some consistency around that time will give your brain a better idea of how to use the energy, how to use the activity for what you're wanting it to do. Okay, so number one thing to do is create a consistent schedule. Whatever that bedtime is, whatever that waking time is, start there. Next thing is your environment matters. Your environment matters. When we think about what your sleep conditions are, everything impacts your sleep. So we're going to first just start with what your bedroom looks like. I know for some people, they like to watch TV in the bedroom. You like to play video games in the bedroom. You have your cell phones in the bedroom. But we want to make sure we kind of change that pattern. You want to keep your bedroom or whatever your sleeping area is just for that. Okay, so bringing in devices, external things are confusing. It's confusing your brain. Your brain doesn't know, do I need to speed up and be in more of an active state and more of that beta state paying attention, focusing? Or should I begin the melatonin production process? Can I start to slow down and really get you prepared to relax and get ready for sleep? So you want to make sure that you identify your space as just your space for whatever you're wanting it to do. 
So if you have some shows that you want to watch, go ahead and complete those shows out in the living room or another area. But when you come into your bedroom, get yourself set up and prepared to sleep. Okay. And so I recommend at least 45 minutes to an hour before you're really going to bed, get yourself in the bedroom so your brain can begin that production, that natural slowing down, producing that melatonin, allowing you to get yourself ready to sleep 45 minutes to an hour before your actual bedtime. Okay. So no TV, no entertainment, let your space be your space. So your environment matters. Another big thing to to recognize in your bedroom your temperature matters. So our brain and our body, our temperature matters. It, it, there's an optimal uh, sleep temperature that you should have. Cooler temperatures are the best. Research shows temps between 67 to 69 degrees allow you for more optimal sleep. So allowing your body to kind of cool itself down, again, setting your environment, setting up your stage, setting up your temperature between 69, 67 to 69 degrees will allow you to rest a little bit better. The mood and the lighting. So when we think about not only um, what we're listening to, what we see has a big impact on our sleep quality as well. So if you have a chance, if you have blackout curtains in your home or if you wear any of those little eye masks and sometimes they have the weighted eye mask as well that put a little bit more weight there to block out that light, that's big. Blue lights on your phone, that's big. It helps to kind of help the brain slow down and shut off. Again, the melatonin production is key here. You want to make sure that lights and and things aren't flashing around, distracting your brain, waking your brain up instead of allowing your brain to power down and go to sleep. So, again, that's why it's important. Lights out. If you have uh, blackout um, shades, that's even better. If not, those eye masks work really, really great. You can do that as well. Another thing for sleep. Naps. This is my favorite. Naps are gold. There is more and more research around strategic napping, strategic napping. And I know you might be thinking, well, how can we get a nap if we're working all day long? Where do we fit this into our schedule? But really buying into this idea, guys, um, NASA has done some studies that have shown that a 26 minute nap can boost your alertness by 54 percent and your performance by 34 percent. 26 minute nap. That's not long at all. So if you have a lunch break, that could be a space and a time, especially if it's between 12 and one. Um, that could be a time where you could use this as part of your lunch break, getting a little power nap in there, boosting your alertness, increasing your performance. It's allowing the brain to get some rest, especially if you're somebody who's missed um, nights of sleep, meaning that your schedule's all over the place. And so maybe you haven't been able to go to sleep at that same time, but you've been waking up at that same time and you're trying to recover or make up some sleep. Instead of pushing your sleep longer on the weekends and waking up later, use your strategic napping schedule to kind of combat some of the things that you're missing out on okay 26 minutes is showing to improve alertness and performance strategic napping is powerful I also say um, naps are really good especially if you're in situations where your stress levels are high you're feeling very emotional you're having to make a decision um, you're not sure exactly what to do I'm always a fan of before you do anything especially if it doesn't feel right if you have a chance take a nap first if you have a chance, if there's something going on, something that's really bothering you or upsetting you, or you have a big decision to make, give yourself 20 to 25 minutes worth of a nap before you make a decision. Wake up, see how you feel, and then you're going to be thinking from a clear place. 
it's game changing, not only just from a business perspective, a sports perspective, but in life, there's so much happening. A lot of times we're acting off an of impulse. We're sleep deprived as it is. There's so much emotional charge around everything. Giving yourself permission to just let me just take a nap before I decide, before I do, let me take a nap. When I wake up, see how I feel and I go from there. OK, so naps are another thing to add to your list. Another thing, having um, a bedtime routine, the bedtime routine, this is big. So, again, remember I said between 45 minutes to an hour, you want to make sure you're preparing yourself and laying yourself down. But this could be a time where you, whether it's a nice warm bath, whether it's warm tea, whether it's reading a book, you want to start to create a schedule or a routine for bedtime. Start to get your mind in position preparing for bed. For a lot of people, sleeping, because if you're not sleeping that well, can be anxiety provoking. You know, a lot of times people are already thinking about, I can't shut my mind off when I lay down. It's just going to be another bad night's sleep. So there's a lot of stress and anxiety around sleep for a lot of people. So if you can start to create a routine, um, a new way of thinking about sleep, how you're preparing for sleep, um, whatever you want to call that in a sense that makes it feel good for you, start to reframe your thoughts and your ideas around what sleep is going to look like. If it normally looks stressful, it's anxiety provoking, you want to create new language and new habits prior to getting ready for sleep, but also what that's going to look like for you. So having a sleep routine and creating a sleep and bedtime routine is key. Warm bath, warm tea, uh, a nice book to read, something that's not high energy, high impact is really, really good to kind of help start to, to get yourself in the right mindset and mental space for sleep. Another one that we all know, exercise. Movement is good for everything. Everything, everything, everything. Um, but it's also linked to better sleep quality. And according to the National Sleep Foundation, as little as 10 minutes a day of walking, biking, any type of aerobic exercise can drastically improve your nighttime sleep quality. So move, just move. Give yourself permission as you are going throughout your day. Move. Allow your brain and body to do what it's designed to do so that you begin to sleep better. All right? So Environment matters. All those things, whether it's the temperature, whether it's what's in your bedroom, watching TV right before bed, your mood and your lights, having that bedtime routine, making sure you're getting optimal exercise. Naps are gold, making sure you're doing some strategic napping. And the, the last thing that I want to talk about, what we talked about last last week is technology and sleep technology and sleep. So there are ways that you can naturally begin to kind of train your brain to see what's going on, to understand what's going on. I'm actually a big fan now of um, it's that whoop device that allows you to kind of track and monitor your sleep, um, your heart rate variability, your performance gives you so many good metrics and so much good data on what's happening in terms of what you may need for optimal sleep for yourself. But I say the biggest thing in that, guys, is really knowing yourself, self-awareness, is one of the freest and biggest tools that we have access to is starting to create consistent habits for yourself, seeing what's working, seeing what's not, paying attention to when you feel at your best. What did you do the night before? Start to have some type of realistic tracker and measurement, d diving more into what you need to figure out, number one, when am I performing at my best? When it was what, when I was sleeping a little bit longer, and maybe I needed eight hours versus my five that I tried to squeeze in. Was I doing something prior to bedtime? So start to pay attention to what it is that you need. 
Start to pay attention to what it works for you and incorporate these things into your sleep routine. Okay, give yourself 30 days. Sleep is one of the biggest things that we have that can impact our performance. And we can do that starting today by just getting consistent around our schedule and taking it very seriously in terms of how we feel. This entire month, we want to be talking about strategies and solutions and things that we have at our disposal to help us feel better. It's all connected. And so we can't just target one thing and leave everything else off. If you're doing a couple of things and you're still not feeling at your best and wanting to feel better, guys, sleep is the biggest hacker into your performance. It's the biggest hacker into your performance. And once you've slept better, you know the difference. You know the difference between waking up groggy and tired and moody versus waking up clear, calm, and focused. You show up different, you feel different, you perform different. So let's make sleep a priority for our community. Share this episode with families and loved ones and create a routine together that's going to help you feel at your best, okay? I would love to hear your feedback, your comments. Make sure you go to TracyAustin.com. Make sure you're downloaded and subscribed. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week. I want my community to go out shine bright like the stars that we are. I'll see y'all soon. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 830 a.m. to 9 a.m. for more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters. 